in a world gone mad. Only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 18. Andrew and Jerry Save Twitter, though I think it could just as easily be called uh, Andrew and Jerry Save Disney because we're going to talk about both of those things today. I'm Andrew Langer. Andrew, I'm Jerry Rogers, and I think everything we touch, everything we talk about, uh, we, uh, we're we making it better. We're saving it. I, I, well, that's why it's called Andrew and Jerry Save the World, Jerry. That's <laughs> absolutely, absolutely true. We had so much fun last week um, uh, talking just the two of us, and we got such a great response. Just the two of us. Exactly. Uh, uh, just, uh, just the two of us talking. We got such a great response that we decided uh, to do it again. Um, so we're very, very glad to, to do that. Because you and I don't get enough opportunities anymore to just chat with each other, so no. I think that's that's a that's a to good s- thing to save the world. Yeah, yes, that that's exactly right. So, with that in mind, let's go directly uh, to our ripped from the headlines segment. Ripped from the headlines. Well, so so much to talk about today, uh, as you and I were doing sort of in our very brief pre-show discussion. Jerry, uh, want to talk about Twitter? Want to talk about Disney? Want to talk about student loans again? Want to talk about this tragic situation with the National Guardsmen dying on the border? Uh, want to talk about the latest polling numbers for for Joe Biden? But um, but I think we're going to spend most of our time. We're going to wind up talking a bit about Twitter. Uh, and more so uh, about about Disney, because you and I started both of those conversations last week and things have started to change. Um, you and I, when we talked yesterday, Jerry, you were sort of astounded uh, by the reaction on the part of the left to all this. I mean, you've been skeptical about the impact of Elon Musk buying Twitter for a bit now. But but talk a little bit about that. Well, a, a couple of things. Right. You know, the right always makes this mistake where some celebrity, some billionaire, some someone who is not on our side suddenly takes a position we agree with or does something we like. And then all of a sudden, it's all about that person. We canonize uh, that person. I think it's a mistake. I I think Elon Musk, I think Elon Musk uh, uh, buying, purchasing Twitter is just fine. I don't think we're going to see a great, great changes in the near term. And I think let's see what happens in the long term. But you were you were surprised at how angry the left responded. That's really well, yeah, what I, I want to do. I I'm mean, not, no, I, well, yeah, yeah. I'll we'll talk about okay, the fine. stuff in but, a second. But, but, but here's the thing about that. I, I, it's not that I'm surprised. I'm dumbfounded. And <laughs> okay, I'm never right. right? I'm very w- w- when am I dumbfounded? I don't get why they're so upset about a a lefty buying Twitter yeah. uh, be a guy that they've praised and loved uh, for many a year. All yeah. of a sudden now is, you know, is the 21st century version of social media, Hitler I- and, <laughs> and, 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 and right. And then, and then see it's true though. And then see, and this is the most disturbing part of it. And it's frightening. Yeah. How the left 
the ACLU, how the Democratic Party, yes. how the New York Times, how they have just given up on the idea of the free exchange of ideas. Well, obviously, the most important one in there being the ACLU, which, you know, and I, I, tweeted, sure. I tweeted out about this the other day, you know, this, this, you know, oh, how the ACLU has fallen. I mean, we talked about this a few months back when we had our conversation about free speech. Um, you know, this is this is a, a central and seminal issue when you have the former executive director of a, the ACLU going on the Bill Maher show and talking about how the ACLU is literally doing now what it promised that it wouldn't do, which is picking and choosing which free speech cases it was going to defend because some kinds of free speech are worth defending. You know, it is it is so incredibly distressing and upsetting that, that that's happened. Um, and I. I love I love the fact that you refer to their reaction to Elon Musk as social media Hitler. Did you make that up? Because that's that, insane. Did, did, did you just, make up just that sitting, phrase? Just sitting here right now, I made that phrase. Because that's good. That's very that's 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 very clever. And and, and again, Andrew, remember this. You know, you look. Here's the difference between the left and the right. Uh, the right engages, lives with, works with, corresponds with right. The left all the time. Yes. You know, we have to go to work in big cities or we whatever the nature is. There's no one on the right who's completely insulated. However, the left really know. is in a in a self-contained bubble. They well, very seldom uh, encounter someone uh, who's conservative. Well, and here's what's dis- oh, sorry. Yeah. Here's what's disturbing. Go ahead. Here's what here's what's disturbing. Disturbing. You and I know because of our because of this engagement. But also because, you know, we're from New York and because we've, you know, we remember the 80s. There was a time when the left in this country were the champions for free speech. 100%. I I, I think of Nat Hentoff from the Village Voice. Never agreed with this guy. But my goodness, was he a champion for free speech? And, And the ACLU was this at one time. And the left, again, what is so frightening is that the left... The Democratic Party, the progressive movement, uh, the media, my goodness, the media has given up on the idea of free speech and the exchange of ideas. And, and we're going to get to more of this in a second and going to get to some of those reactions. Here's what I know. And you and I started to talk about this last week. And there's another data point that I want to add to it. And again, I should say data point, anecdotal evidence. And I know that the plural of anecdotes is not data, but still. So when last we talked, I had noticed that my <laughs> tweets were getting more, uh, were getting more amplification. You know that I have I have long suspect, suspected that I was shadow banned on Twitter. I've got thousands of followers, yet tweets that I would make um, that I would think that my followers would want to see and hear uh, would get very little reaction. Uh, that has changed, and it it, it it changed markedly in the last week, uh, where I'm getting I'm getting my tweets noticed not by just by folks on the left, but on the right as well. I'm sorry, not just on the right, but on the left as well. I'll give you an example. Um, um, I was getting on a plane on Friday and the Madison Cawthorn lingerie at a party on a cruise ship story had broken and right. It broke because it was after five o'clock on a Friday. He's the so congressman, by the way. So, yeah. so those, that, it just sounds like you just mentioned some kind of brand. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> it's he's a congressman <laughs> years ago. He was at some, a party on a cruise ship, and part of the party was the men had to wear women's lingerie. Yes, and, and more which is point, so bizarre, by well, the yeah, way. Yeah, but all right, set that aside for a second. So he is a congressman who is a social conservative, but he's also a congressman. He's in a wheelchair. He is also a congressman that he's, is accused. He, he, 
he's also a guy who who uh and i i mean this as a as a as a metaphor who's constantly taking his foot out of his mouth yeah yes yes and and not for any kind of a fetish at least we don't suspect so um uh, <laughs> brought jerry to a standstill but the point is he also is this congressman who in recent weeks um accused dc of being fueled by sex and drugs which it may very well be but nevertheless um i he all he, i all, all i want to know is he said that there was a member of congress who invited him uh to a to a to a orgy now he the way he described it, it was so icky and disgusting. How a buddy of his, a congressman buddy of his, said, "Hey, you want to come over tonight? Uh, you know, we got some of the ladies coming, and we're gonna we're gonna get you know we're gonna free things up." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my goodness, yes." But then I'm thinking, what kind of party? What I, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of of Pulp Fiction. Like, is the is is the gimp gonna come out of the closet? Because, or you have the gimp? I mean. So they're inviting the guy. So they're inviting the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, it's just weird. It's very, very. I'm sorry. That sounds like I'm I'm being. But it's just a weird. It's so bizarre. The point is that that. And if you have a clown suit, bring your clown suit. Happening, and then on Friday, Politico dumps a story with pictures of Madison Cawthorn. Uh, where he's the, he's the congressman. Yeah, it, when this and, and the thing is, and all of this happened well before he was a member of Congress. So I tweeted out that okay, let me make sure I'm clear on this. Uh, uh, acceptable to the left, a man dressing in women's lingerie and reading books to children at a library. Unacceptable to the left, a a a guy wearing women, an adult male wearing women's lingerie at a party among consenting adults, something like that. I mean, something innocuous and pithy and snarky. And as we all know, I shouldn't take hot takes, but I did. I get on my plane, I get off the plane and I am literally, I have been barraged by responses to this. Um, Angry people, angry people accusing me of being uh, in the closet and getting off to this. Angry people sort of saying that I'm the hypocrite, not (laughs) them, not the left, you know, that that I'm the only one obsessing over this. But my, and my point is in that in the before Elon Musk times, I would have I would have tweeted that out and it would have gotten 25 views and no responses. There's another point. And this is this is true of, of a number of my tweets in the last couple of weeks that they've been getting greater magnifications. But I, I am I have noticed this. and I'm not the only one who has noticed this. My Twitter followers have started to grow again. I am. You know, seen- I, 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 now, listen. Yeah, I'm skeptical of this. Yeah, I, I I am very skeptical of it. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about it. Hey, I got 500 new followers or whatever. Um, what literally he he Elon Musk a day ago was looking at jet engines for his rocket ship. Yes. So it's not like he purchased Twitter. And he's now in his office no, changing algorithms. explain what I think is happening. I think what is happening is that there is a frantic, uh, uh, a frantic flurry of activity behind the scenes at Twitter to fix a problem that they claim has never existed. Right, that that they are claim that they have that they have been saying and steadfastly maintaining that there is no such thing as algorithmic bias against conservatives. That there's no such thing as shadow banning. Um, and that they want what they want to do is by the time. All right. Actually- so, 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 OK. Yeah. Because this is this is just a fun exchange. Yeah. Then if they. W- it's like this. It's yeah, like Jerry, Jerry's it's, dumbfounded. It's, no, I am. Because here, here it's like this. It's, it's like, you know, 
It's like, um, like, like I'm in the mafia, right? Yes. And I'm with my mafia buddies. And one of my mafia buddies says to me, hey, that guy's a cop. And I'm like, hey, how do you know? Look at his shoes. Cops yeah. wear those kind of shoes. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if this guy's trying to be undercover, doesn't he know that cops wear those kind of shoes? And he wouldn't try to break in undercover to the mafia wearing cop shoes. My point is, yes. is that is that if they want to hide that they've been doing this, then you don't all of a sudden within a 24 hour period, just stop doing it. And the floodgates open. I think it just makes it obvious that you've been but, doing. But I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, OK, you know, either they can say we haven't done it in the past or there was a problem in, in the past and now we fixed it. And, and, then, and, the then, and then Twitter is sold and all of a sudden it's miraculously. It, well, miraculous, or the things are moving fixed. to be fixed. But listen, to, to that point, let me play this piece from Ari Melber. Uh, from MSNBC, uh, talking about his fears and essentially betraying exactly what they have done uh, in the past. Here is uh, here is Ari Melber. Up, oh, hold on, let me stop this. I forgot to share it with sound. I forgive you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, here is Ari Melber. I can't you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its <laughs> nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. <laughs> what? Elon Musk. So, so again, this is, this is my dumbfoundedness. Like he doesn't understand that this is exactly what many of us believe happened and yeah. has been happening. That, oh my goodness, wait, so you're going to take the oldest newspaper in America and you're going to suspend it from yeah. Twitter uh, leading up to an election. Yes. Uh, oh my goodness, you're going to take the candidate, the former president, and you're going to ban him from Twitter. Oh, there are congressional candidates uh, with whom you don't like what they say about hydroxychloroquine. Oh, we're going to ban them from Twitter. This is what they do. Yes. And and my point is that 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 there is, I think, this flurry of activity to try to take corrective action in the hopes that folks won't lose their phony baloney jobs down the road um, or to to. Well, again, they must have fixed the algorithms in between having their timeout sessions of <laughs> crying and despairing and and all the rest of it. Well, I mean, not, I, listen, I'm not I'm not so sure. It may very well be as easy what Ari Melber said, which is one person has to go in and turn a knob and then all of a sudden it it it, it comes back. You know, this raises a larger question too, yeah. Andrew, that no one's really talking about and that is at the end of the day, who cares about Twitter? Like, well, it, I mean, but Jerry, but but that's like, just it. Sorry, go ahead. I, but, but I mean, I, I didn't care about Twitter well, when they were we when they were banning our, our out, side. I didn't this, care. Well, out, though, I don't care we now. We have had this conversation. Well, you use Twitter less than than others do. I mean, you are more on Facebook. Um, but because, we have this conversation because I believe social media, right? Social media. I use social media really uh, as a means so my mom and dad who live two hundred and fifty miles away can see pictures of their grandkids. See, I use I use it for a whole host of things, right? I mean, I use, uh, I don't do anything really much political on my personal Facebook page. That's really for family members and, and, and all of that. And I, 
<laughs> and I've I've lost family members over politics, but, even though I don't, I don't post anything political. Hold on for a second, Jerry. Yeah. But but you know, but Twitter I've always used as a as a marketing tool, right? To market either the WBAL show or this podcast sure. or the writing that I'm doing. Uh, I, I, to- I I use my Facebook show page and my and my Twitter show page to vent to 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 comment yeah. on politics. But here's the thing. I don't believe I have 513 followers on Twitter. Yeah. Why? Why don't I have 4,000? Well, like, why do you have? Well, why do you have? How many do you have? I have. Uh, how many do I have today? I don't know. You have thousands, right? Yeah. Thousands of Twitter Co- followers. A couple thousands. Yeah. Why do why does Andrew Langer have a couple thousand and Jerry Rogers is 500? Well, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it I've doesn't. Been- I've been on Twitter longer than you have. I was a more of an active participant in the big conservative social movement of the early 2010s. So I got a lot of followers that man. I, I was a, I was an early adopter of of Twitter as a conservative. I, 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 and I built up most of my I, audience I, look, there. My, my question was more rhetorical, though. What I yeah. mean is, is that I, I think a lot of these Twitter followers are just are, are, are it's hinky. It's it's bogus. It's not true. I don't think. Uh, uh, celebrity X has 17,000 or a hundred thousand or one. I, oh, I, I just do. don't believe it. I, I, I don't, I think no, a lot no, of it's I, just I, nonsense. I believe that. I, I believe that. I believe it. I think some of it depends on amplification. Some of it depends on the algorithms, right? I mean, so yeah, you have folks who get followed by bots. I'm sure. Um, I, I think, but I think also if someone does an appearance on Fox news, they'll gain followers that way. You know, I do my weekly appearances on John justice and drew Lee's show. And I get followers, or I've started to get followers again from from those appearances. How many how many people do you follow, roughly? Um, roughly the same amount. I mean, I've, I've maybe maybe even more. Well, then people. how do you how do you even make heads? How do you, I look? I I have a very I have five hundred thirteen followers. Yeah. If you want to go follow me, go follow me, Jerry Rogers, Jerry Rogers Show at Jerry Rogers Show. But I follow much less than my 500 no yeah no and that's and but that's he, good so but I here's have the thing 3200 follow i have 3200 that i'm following i have 4600 followers okay how do you follow 3200 how do you how do you how do you make heads or tails of all, all those you, but see but there must be so, but you, see, there must is, be people that you want to read this, that you can't this, read this is the, you have so many so, so many I following have, there are lists that i can curate but also the people who i read the most their tweets come up more automatically for me and so, so stuff won't get, you know, I, so unless I go out and I look, it's the same thing with your Facebook feed, right? Depending on whose things you see, I would rather see everybody in chronological order than have a Facebook algorithm pick it for me. Um, but yeah, so if I'm reading, like if I read Jonathan Turley's tweets all the time, yeah. I, Jonathan Turley's tweets, I get come up more often. I, I guess, I guess, I guess, look, for me, I think all of these conservatives who are praising Elon Musk today are going to be wondering what happened to him a year from now, three years from now. I think it's very dangerous to put your hope, your faith into one person. Uh, And I also think that, um, I think that, that we're losing, what's the cliche? We're, we're missing the forest for the trees in, in like, Twitter's not where the war is, where the battle of ideas is. Um, it's it's 
it's much deeper and more problematic. And, okay, but see, and I think we're, uh, we're, we're, we'll we're, time we're out for a second. focused but, but, but on Twitter. Again, right. But it's, it's, it's again, right. If you're arguing tactics over strategy, you're arguing the wrong thing. But the reality is, is that, is that Twitter like other things are a tool. You know, this is part of the reason why we had that show before talking about whether or not Twitter, you know, needs to be more transparent about who they can kick off and how they can kick them off. Right. The idea yeah. of when we were talking about, right. We were talking about uh, a COVID-19 policy. And no, I, I agree. I mean, I, from I, I, look, my, my view on Twitter hasn't changed. And that is it's, it's a new, you talked about this, a new, uh, the public square and that's, um, and, and that, and, and that, you know, and that's there should why be it's great forgiveness. That's why, For, yeah. that's why it's important because it is this, you're, it, it is this public square where you can go and find out the information. And so, you know, if 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 something comes out about the son of a presidential candidate who when that candidate was serving as vice president, that son may have been selling influence to that vice president's office. That's something that a, a certain oh. percentage of the population will and, want to know. And, about. And, and, and to that and to that yeah. point, and we talk about this later, um, it's confirmed now with emails that yes. Joe Biden uh, was going to pay over eight hundred thousand dollars worth of Hunter Biden's legal bills, uh, his dissolution uh, from his Chinese businesses and other such things. But again, this is the same man who told us during the debates that he had no contact, no conversations, uh, no connection to his son's businesses at all. Joe Biden lied. And to that end, also, incidentally, Twitter lied about this. So you had one tech who came on and said, well, our policy was we weren't going to post. We weren't going to allow postings of hacked material. Well, the, the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't hacked. Right. Right. It was it was left behind by this. The 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 uh, um, uh, the Billy Carter of the Biden family uh, at uh, at a computer repair shop. But, but you know, <laughs> at least wanna, Billy, at least Billy made beer, my friend. Yeah, I want to be really clear about something, Jerry, because I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the canonization of or the beatification of, of Elon Musk. Far no, I know you're not, but you you see it, right? You, I, I do. You, uh, you're seeing that these conservatives just fall I over I want to say this as an introduction to something else, a, 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 a tweet that I made yesterday, because uh, I do want to pass off, and I think because I do believe that encouragement must be given when people do the right thing. Uh, my friend and, and college classmate, Lisa Desjardins, who is with the, I think she's still with the News Hour on PBS, she actually had the gumption to ask, Jen Psaki about the Hunter Biden laptop story at the White House. And she didn't get an answer, but you know, at least she asked the question. She took a lot of guff from folks on the left for asking that. In fact, Jerry, you'll appreciate this. So I, I sent out, I tweeted out to Lisa, hey, good on you for asking the question. And, and then tagged it with the William and Mary tagline, go tribe. And some rando lady from Cleveland got all up in arms. What do you mean, go tribe? What does that mean? I'm like, um, it means it's a William and Mary thing. And I posted a piece. She goes, well, I'm from Cleveland. And until recently, we referred to our our, our baseball team as the tribe. And I'm thinking, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, you know something? If you're triggered by that, this is this is part of the problem. Let's well, you know what? This, uh, uh, before, I got to do a sidebar, if you don't yeah, mind, because it's it's been gnawing at oh, me. Oh, 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 uh, is this about the Yankees? Yes, because. Good, I want you to talk about this. So. So long story short, right? The 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 let me see if Guardians. I can find video of the brawl. What a what a ridiculous name for a baseball team. Uh, the oh, only the thing more the Guardians. The, the only thing more stupid is uh, the the Commanders, the Commandos. Yeah, what, the DC what Commanders. Is, what is what 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 inane stupidness 
I can't stand it. Major league sports are just the wokeness is is ruining the sports as well as these overpaid players. But anyway, regardless, so the Yankees are are behind against the Guardians at Yankee Stadium. Hey, by the way, and, just wanna, hold on, I want to share a screen for a second. Uh, when I hear the Guardians, I think yeah. a really great book written by a great science fiction writer named John Christopher from the 1970s. Yeah, I think of Chris Pratt. Anyway. Yeah, what? I think of Chris Pratt and a, and a, and a, and a oh, squirrel yes, or a raccoon, raccoon, whatever. Yes, raccoon. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so so the Yankees are down a couple runs, and in the later innings, come back, score two uh, on a on a double, and the left the the right fielder crashes into the wall, and there's a there's a you know the gathering of the teammates and this sort of thing, and the Yankee stands in the right field stands are, oh you know Guardians, what are you a Guardian? Oh, you're from Cleveland. Again, just normal baseball chatter and heckling. Uh, Nothing that was like I've been in Yankee Stadium. I've been in other stadiums where the fans can be out of of hand. This was typical kind of, you know, batter, 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 swing batter type type heckling. Right. Yes. And and so anyway, at, at, at some point, the. The Guardian outfielder Miles Straw. Here, I, I got the video here. Let me, right, let me, here, here. Let me play. You can describe it as I'm playing. So, it. so Miles Straw. They're pointing. They're pointing. Oh, the fans! And he jumps up. Wow! And he gets in. The fans. And he gets in their face. And the and the Yankee Come fans on. again. Awesome New York-based fans are kind of laughing at this. Yes. And Miles Straw gets up there and says something like. Hit me in the face, MFR, MFR, MFR. <laughs> so the five million dollar a year uh, major league baseball player yeah. is it can't handle the heckling in Yankee Stadium. Jumps up, he accosts accosted fans. Yes, uh, and then after the fans threw garbage at them. <laughs> yeah, and in my mind, I'm like, so what? Good, throw more garbage at them. This is, and everyone's like, everyone's offended about. Let's the not Yankee forget fans threw these garbage. are the same Yankee fans who, when they were handed mugs filled with Reggie bars at the opening of the 1978 season uh, at <laughs> Fan Appreciation yeah. Day, somehow, strangely enough, when I don't remember who did something wrong on the field. A boatload, thousands of of Reggie bars found their way to the uh, the field at Yankee right. Stadium. Now, look, I'm not in favor of, and you should never throw things on the field. It's dangerous. But no. here's my the, here's the bottom line for me. The bottom line for me is this: you, uh, Miles Straw makes five million dollars a year. The guys, the gals in the stands are uh, are regular people, literally paying his salary, uh, and he can't handle the heckling. Uh, gets up there is is verbally abusive and obscene. Then they throw uh, trash at him, and he's offended by being uh, uh, th- th- about the trash. Here's my thing. You social media millennial snowflake. Uh, <laughs> here's the problem in the world. And, and we can see this with, with Mike Tyson. You know that jerk who was pestering Mike oh, Tyson? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of right? course. Mike Tyson got up and, and gave him a couple of shots. That's- <laughs> and you know what? That's exactly what Mike Tyson should have done. Because yes. here's the thing. We have grown so used to being on social media and saying the most horrible things to people. No one gets smacked in the face right. anymore. Yeah. And, 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 and in my mind, Miles Straw 
with the garbage being thrown at him was he pushed, By they the way, pushed back. It's as though like he'd it. never heard the concept of the bleacher creatures I know, just or, the, or the Bronx or the bra or the concept of, well, I guess nobody's really heard the phrase Bronx cheer anymore, which no. originated because of Yankee fans. I mean, right. But the thing is, the, the thing is, is that what a, what, what a, what a snowflake jerk the major league baseball should, uh, should suspend you, him and fine him. I can't now, stand it. Now, before we before we get to the Disney thing, what, what do you make of this this story about the the Yankees stealing the signals? It's a it's a big nothing burger. Is it okay? Every team did exactly what the Yankees did. They they call the clubhouse and they used a phone and they got a guy in the thing and it's it's a uh, uh, one of the one of the sports uh, sports guys in New York uh, said, "Why is everyone upset about this?" Yeah, because. Every other team does exactly this. Yeah. And so is it, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a whatever. It's baseball. You try to steal signs in baseball. Yes. All right. I just wanted to see this is, this is why I wanted to ask you. This, Another thing I, too I, is I, the same I, you know, I like the Astros getting kind of dumped on. Um, but even there, I mean, you can't figure out they're stealing your signs with, with sounds. And I mean, yeah. And Come by on, the way, just you know, give me a break. Be better about not having your signs stolen. How about right, that? You know, right. it's 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 just it's just that simple. I mean, you know, you, you take the countermeasures. It's 2022. Uh, let's let's get past this. So everyone's you know, a crybaby. It drives you me nuts. And I, you and I started to talk about this last week, and and I, I I'm it, it's one of those things where I had the the sort of the visceral reaction and. And then, and then I've sort of I've been thinking more about this. I still have a visceral reaction to it. And this is a story about Disney and Florida, and the uh, the ending of their special privileges. And you are uncomfortable with with this, and I and I understand why. Um, I I and I'm and I and I I think you are more right on this, um, though I I do tend to hedge. Hedge my bets. Anyway, the situation is right. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of words to say nothing, my friend. No, no, no. Go I'm ahead. not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sort of feeling my way into it. Um, for those of you who are the uninitiated, so um, uh, we have this situation with this uh, parental rights bill in the Florida legislature. Um, it, it essentially says that uh, it, it places restrictions on curriculum, which is different than just run of the mill talking about things. Right. On on dealing with issues of sexuality. Uh, restricts them, you know, essentially to age levels and and makes it the parents' responsibility to sort of introduce kids into this. It has been translated into what we call or what we call what the left is calling the don't say gay bill. Um, and Disney came out very hard against this don't say gay bill. And as a result, um, uh, the Florida legislature and the governor took steps to end some special tax privileges that the Walt Disney World Corporation has. And so this, again, has erupted into these conversations. We should talk about issues of speech. Um, I, I, I think that it is very different uh, to, it is, it is a different color of a horse. It's a horse of a different color to take away somebody's special privilege uh, than it is to out and out punish them. But there is a case that can be made that taking away a special privilege in the aftermath of voicing opposition to a bill could be considered uh, a punishment. I, and I think that's more where you lean, Jerry, right? Well, I mean, look, I'm of two minds on this. Number one, these are tough I, issues. I don't like, I don't like uh, interventions in the public debate like boycotts. 
I, I just don't like boycotts. I mean, so the whole boycott Disney thing, again, if, if you want to, if, if look, Disney is problematic in many different areas. We can sure. talk about that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, 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 this idea of, of, of boycotting Disney, I, I just don't know. I just, I'm not, I don't like boycotts. I think boycotts usually fail. Um, and there are good people working at Disney who have nothing to do with the politics of Disney or the grooming of kids. They're just people trying to make a living. So, yes. so it's, it's, let me say that out front, but then, but then I'm also, if the Disney CEO is going to uh, get on his, uh, on, on his, on his uh, high horse, his, uh, his, his, you know, the, the, he knows better. He is better virtue signaling uh, and, and cause a kerfuffle based on a lie. Remember the, the, this parental rights bill, I read it on the air at WBAL. It's only seven, seven pages. It's seven pages. Yeah. I mean, even Governor Hogan, uh, the uh, most great. Oh, we have to talk po- about that too. Great, the most grating politician in America uh, was on, uh, you know, Meet the Nation or one of these Sunday shows, surprise. And he said something like, well, we would never do this in Maryland. Oh, and by the way, I never read the bill. And so the CEO of Disney, uh, most of those in the media, I told you the story already on air about how I was with a, a cable news host uh, who asked me about the bill. And I said, yeah. well, it's seven pages. Did you read it? Yeah. He actually said to me, no, I didn't read it uh, because I have staff and I trust my colleagues. I'm like, well, you're commenting on something you haven't read. Yeah. My point is, is that the CEO of Disney made a huge mistake and he started a fight. And my view is this, and I've always been this way. I'm in, I'm in a bar with my buddies. I'm in a restaurant with my wife. And some moron comes over to me and says, hey, you want to fight? My answer is always yes. Always yes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's always yes. Right now, let's do it. And 99.99% of the time, the moron coward who said that backs away. My, my, my favorite, I will say it again. My favorite Jerry stories are always the I'm about to get into a fight Jerry stories. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I don't back. I, I've never backed out of a fight. Wait, wait, I mean, I, about great, greatest. All right, not the greatest. The greatest Jerry story is oh you on the New Jersey Turnpike, and some guy. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm ashamed. Well, right, he came no, running. At, he came running at me. I, I won't embarrass he you with that. Story. Running at me. Hold on. I will. I will embarrass you then with the story of you defending uh, somebody you know. Um, uh, some guy made a, a a homophobic comment while you were in line at a bank. Yes. And 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 he says and, to me, and I said to him, like, hey, I heard what you said. And, and he's the guy and, wants and he, to fight. And, and the yeah, guy he wants to fight. To, and the guy starts to take off take his, his jacket. jacket off. And Jerry says, don't do that. Because as soon as your jacket is around your shoulders and your arms are pinned, I'm going to hit you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love like, that story. Why do you take your jacket off? Yes. He, you know, you know, I, I did. He started. I, 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 I grabbed him. And, and he was like this. Wah, 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 yes. You know, and I'm like, I, I could destroy you right now. Yes. I love anyway, my stories. point is, my yeah. point is, this is what the this is what the Disney CEO did. Virtue signaling, acting like a tough guy. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the bottom line is, is that, you know, when you're dining on someone else's dollar, uh, you better be uh, better be careful how you behave at the table. But you are also concerned about the use of state power in reaction. Well, no, I yeah. come down on this issue very clearly, and that is yeah. cronyism and corporatism is always wrong. See, and so if Disney has received uh, a, a a benefit since 1967 that SeaWorld doesn't get, 
I think it's time to 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 rescind but it. You, but but you don't you you do it as a matter of principle. You don't do it in reaction to Disney's advocacy on a particular bill, right? You do it. You do it. You say you say okay because SeaWorld and Universal because they don't get this special privilege. Uh, we need to rescind this privilege, but you don't do it well because you have advocated uh, against the "Don't Say Gay" bill. This is what listen. I think you and I had this conversation last week. Unless I was, yeah. I was, no, I was I, you. no, 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 no. You're right. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing. Because I was agreeing with you last week. I was no, disagreeing no, no, you, with you on this. No, no, you <laughs> you have stated you have stated my position correctly. Yeah. Okay. However, let's have a conversation about this. Yeah. And the left. All right. I got, I got to take two steps back. One step back, take two steps forward. Sure. I don't believe that the right should uh, should uh, mirror the bad actions of the left. Got it. Yes. That said, we can't continue moving forward with two of our arms tied behind our back. Sure. Yes. And Otherwise so we're like the guy in the bank taking off his jacket. <laughs> right. The but the thing is, in the face. is the left does use legislation the courts uh they do use politics uh and licensing uh, 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 uh licensing regulations and all the rest of it to punish their political enemies and maybe if we again using the baseball metaphor through a little chin music maybe the left would be less uh less likely to do so again look a perfect example is they how many times do they try to impeach Donald Trump. Oh, they were the two, the two actual right. impeachment so, trials. So you know what? Would you blame uh, if, if in 2022, later this, uh, this, this year, if the, uh, if the, if the Republicans get a supermajority in the House and get you know four or five extra seats in the Senate, or you know what? Looking how things are going, and I'm going to say it right here uh, in April. I wouldn't be surprised if 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 the if the R's get sixty seats in the Senate. So my point is, what if that happens? And 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 Republicans say, you know what? You put us through two impeachment trials for nonsense. However, Joe Biden, he did lie about this. He did abuse his power here. He did et cetera, et cetera. And 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 go and, and, and impeach and try. Uh, uh, Joe Biden as payback. And it would, and it would certainly, listen, I will say this much. It would certainly raise the question as to whether or not you could impeach a president for things that that president did when he was vice president of the United States. And, and I, certainly, I, I think Joe Biden has done things as president that are impeachable, but, but well, I don't, I mean, again, I don't, I don't, or I, I can make, the, I can make I the, I'm know. sorry. I can make the argument. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I can, I, I can make the argument that he did things that were impeachable while he was vice president of the United States. Do you remember you, you and I, when we were, uh, you and I talking about candidate Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, and and it was around the time when uh, Barack Obama was using the phone and the pen. Yes. And you and I said on our on the old Langercast podcast that there's a danger here because what he's doing is creating a precedent that the next president might do. And that the next president might be Donald Trump. Yes. Yes. And so my point is, is that the same, like going back to the Disney, the Disney issue, if Democrats, progressives have been using legislation and regulation uh, and the law and the legal system to punish their enemies, 
Would it be a surprise if every once in a while the right, the Republicans and swing back? More to the point, right? And, I, and again, you know, for me, it comes down to this question as to whether or not dealing with a special privilege is, in fact, punishment. We're sending a special it's privilege is punishment. It's not. Well, it, you know, it, the case, listen, the case can be made. But my, my point is this, that you have we, we you and I spend a lot of time on this show talking about cronyism. And how right. there are outside actors, outsized actors like a Disney, um, uh, or like big, a or big pharma, like a Google, big pharma, big pharma that gets all kinds of carve outs when it comes to patent law, right? right? And so, and so the question then becomes, right? Is it just politics for? That's a it's a great point, Jerry. Right. So if you have big pharma that has taken a consistent position against uh, candidate X. And candidate X's approach to a more free market approach to pharmaceuticals, um, um, that that when that candidate becomes president of the United States, they start to enact an agenda that is decidedly against what big pharma wants. Is that unconstitutional because they are punishing big pharma for right. uh, speaking, or is it that they are simply enacting their agenda? Or and that may be that may be the best way to look at this, right? It is different. It is wholly different than a uh, than an airport authority uh, saying that they don't want Chick-fil-A in an airport because it's, they don't like it, Chick-fil-A's It's completely politics. different. Completely it's different. Completely different. Or so let, let, let me just say something yeah. to you that, that actually did happen. So you know, uh, during uh, the, the Obamacare uh, legislative fight, it wasn't much of a fight because the Democrats controlled everything. Um, a lot of Republicans that believed in keeping some market competition in our health care system especially in uh, drug development, uh, were left high and dry by pharma, yeah. uh, the trade association. Yes. And remember this, for those who don't know, pharma wrote Obamacare. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. the, the pharma lobbyists. Well, pharma and big, and big insurance. And, and big insurance, yes. And they literally, not, not off, they literally were in the White House writing drafts of legislation. Yeah. Uh, and in some instances, because it had to be rammed through uh, through, a, you know, the, a, you know, the the uh, what, what was it? The reconciliation process. Yep. Uh, and there wasn't time to go back and do a uh, do a conference committee. Some of the amendments for Obamacare were literally written on paper napkins. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, in the White House. Like here add this. Boom. My, my, my point is, is that after that happened, after big pharma, because remember, uh, uh, um, Billy Towson, who was a CEO of Pharma at the time, said that he would give up on price controls if he could be guaranteed volume. And yeah. what did Obama, Obamacare guaranteed volume? Yeah. Right. So they gave up on price controls. And all of those Republican members who for years fought and in many instances suffered politically uh, to, to fight against price controls, uh, Big Pharma just said, well, screw you. Yeah. Now, fast forward. In the years since then, the Republican Party has been cold to big pharma. Why? Because big pharma uh, uh, compromised and 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 sold them out. So in politics, if you're going to sell someone out, there might be a political repercussion, right? And it's not violative of the First Amendment. I am no. thinking about something that happened here close to home where... Well, how, go, go back. How is... Because uh, David French made this argument. How is taking away Disney's crony special carve out, the government picking winners and losers. How is that by ending it? 
How is that a violation of free speech? Okay, so so listen, I can understand this argument because I thought this was the argument you were making last week. And, and so this is why I'm glad we're having this discussion. So the argument goes that Disney, that there's a direct relationship. Disney says, A, they oppose this bill and B, as a result of their opposition to this bill that has nothing to do with taxes and everything to do with, uh, um, uh, you know, education and parental rights right right so they're advocating on this and yet they're being punished financially with with the idea that disney theoretically can make the case that that this message of of taking away that special privilege is designed to um uh, chill their free speech chill their ability to say hey you advocate on stuff that's outside of your lane we're gonna we're gonna punish you and because there's a financial price tag because they have this privilege now and and there is a financial price that they have to pay that could be considered you know a a again sending a, a message a chilling message again theoretically this is something that a court would have to litigate but again sort of and, and but it all has to do with the direct relationship between advocacy a and punishment b or, or but, but andrew I, just to throw a wrinkle on this and this Please. is a, this is actually a good conversation i tell yes. you what's i tell you what's chilling free speech uh when you come in and say that uh nonprofits have to uh make public their anonymous donors 100 uh, uh and and or or when uh what's chilling free speech uh is when uh is when the congress uh passes legislation that limits lobbying, that limits, uh, you know, puts limits on lobbying, right? That happens all the time. And no one says, you know, know, no one, you know, the same people protecting Disney now uh, aren't protecting other lobbying efforts. Like, why is Disney special? Why does Disney deserve this, this fight for Disney? It's chilling free speech. But I can name right now a dozen other interests uh, that lose privileges that lose their crony uh, uh, tax uh, uh, breaks uh, or, or there's limits put on their lobbying and it doesn't make the newspaper. Well, listen, I think I listen, I can explain why folks on the left are, are, are dealing with this, though. It's insane. Well, think about the hypocrisy, though. The, uh, absolutely. The, corporations the, the corporate, should pay their fair share rights and paying their fair share. I, I get that. What is you and I, you and I at least me? are consistent. We you and I have been consistent and I remain consistent, whether it's Sheldon Adelson, right, who was a big Republican yeah. donor who wanted special uh, carve outs uh, for his online game, uh, online gaming. Oh, yeah. Uh, rather against online gaming for his brick and mortar casinos. You and I wrote piece after piece oh, yeah. saying that this is cronyism. Again, we're consistent. Uh, the special deal. Here's the thing. I never knew about Disney special deal. So maybe this kerfuffle over the uh, uh, parents' rights bill uh, brought a crony deal to light and, and and it was corrected. What I love, what I love was the folks who were saying, well, Disney, I'll just stop and leave. Jared Polis in Colorado. Yeah, right. Hey, they should just come to Colorado. Well, first of all, seeing as how they couldn't be open for what, four or five months out of the year because of the weather, that ain't going to work. But also Disney, Walt Disney World is the size of San Francisco. It is yeah. 43 <laughs> square miles. It is not going in. Is it that big? Folks just forget, right? That it's not that what you see. Have you ever taken your family to Disney? I know it's a lot. I've been to Disney, but okay. no, I, we, yeah, I, we, well, so, I have, but no, not my family. No. So, so, you know, a lot of folks don't know this. But what you see on the surface of Disney is not the extent of Disney World. Oh, no. Like Disney World goes down at least one floor, yeah. and in some cases, two, three, four floors. It is it is essentially a massive building masquerading as a, as a piece of land. 
And, and so um, the idea that they would move that is, is just insane. That some of that does play into the arguments. What I don't, what I don't get, and no, I'm sorry. I do get it. Cause I understand why David French. And again, I'm going to say her name. Jenna Ellis is out there. Jenna Ellis, who <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, Jerry, Jenna Ellis offered to uh, uh, represent Disney in their, ch- in their challenge. Really? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. She, she opposes this. She opposes this. She is Jerry. She is a free speech absolutist on this again. But this is you got to make a look if 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 the Florida legislature in some way wanted to um, uh, put limits on Disney's ability to lobby. I'd be I'd be on the side of Disney. This is not that. Yeah, my my point is is that I I I'm going to say this. It, you know, listen. It is about that. This is all about marketing for for Jenna Ellis and David. It's Frank. also about about you know her. It's about Ron DeSantis, right? Yeah. A lot of a lot of Republicans or a lot of Republicans, some Republicans like David French, like uh, Bill Crystal, like you know these types. Uh, they're so anti-Trump that anything that DeSantis does. They, they, yeah, but that's not Jenna. Need- I mean, that that's not, no, no, that's, but Je- yeah. no, but Jenna's on the side of Disney again. Jenna's on the side, of, but I think for Jenna, it's about marketing. It's about marketing the brand of Jenna. It keeps her in the news because she thinks she'll be no, out but, there. But, but yeah, but also it, it has the it has the peripheral benefit of helping Trump because anything that knocks down DeSantis helps Trump, right? I guess. Well, I guess. I mean, you know, I don't. Where is Trump in all of this? I would think that this is a whole a whole Trumpy sort of a thing. But, but you get my point. I mean, this is you yeah. know, this is a whole other dynamic, but. But again, DeSantis, there. You know, if you are a never, if you are a pro-Trumper, you don't want DeSantis to be successful in anything. Uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose unless uh, you don't, you don't think that it would be a, a Trump-DeSantis ticket. No, in, uh... two alphas on no way. Um, the reason why uh, Pence made a good vice president to the extent that he did was that he's a beta, uh, which is why Mike Pence will never be president of the United States. Uh, oh my goodness yes i don't i don't think so who do you think trump is going to pick as his vice presidential nominee i don't i don't think trump's going to run for president i think i think that would be insane all right i I, i'm inclined to agree with you but if trump were going to pick somebody as vice president who would he pick um jenna ellis (laughs) kellyanne conway um no i think i i i'm only half kidding i mean why not pick jenna ellis I, well, I don't listen. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got, I've well, got who, 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 who would, who would accept here's here's the thing. It's so funny. Britt Hume, who is so wise tweeted out uh, yesterday, day before he said that, that Democrats don't want Trump to run because they're afraid he will win. Yes. And Republicans don't want Trump to, to run because they are afraid that he will lose. Yes. And so on the issue of Donald Trump running for president, most Democrats and most Republicans agree, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, for me, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm done with Trump. I'm done with Trump. We have to move on from yeah, Trump. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, again, I'll, I will and defend. Uttering anti-Semitic remark. Hold on. Go ahead. I, I will defend his policies. I think he was right on trade. He was right on infrastructure. On infrastructure, he was right on on manufacturing. He was right on COVID policy. He was right on taxes, uh, and he was right on judicial nominations. And I, I, and I can go on and on and on. Uh, he was right on all these issues. Uh, his presidency was 
was was incredibly successful. If it wasn't for COVID, who knows what would have happened. But now that he's done, look, he'll be what, 78 years old? Yeah, he, yes. I mean, 78 years old. He did his he did, he did his bit for country. He should retire now. Uh, get back on Twitter and just have a blast. Yeah, I, and I and I and I agree with you. Though I think it's a fun little thought exercise, maybe for next week's show. But I want to know what. Uh, so I so I, I I'm serious. I say Jenna Ellis. He picks Jenna Ellis to be his VP. Who say you? I think I think it, I think uh, Ivanka Trump has a better choice chance of being the, <laughs> the, the the vice president. It'll be it'll be Trump Trump. Um, you know, and, and then actually have Trump, uh, Trump uh, family members in the cabinet to be Trump, Trump, Trump. Who would he pick? I mean, I mean, again, I, I, I know you want to move on, but this is fun. Who would he ask and who would say yes? I think it would be a member of the Senate. Oh, you know something? Uh, uh, Tim Scott. No, Tim Scott would never say yes. I think Tim no. Scott would say yes. Why wouldn't Tim Scott so. say yes? Because he's a serious person who wants to run for office, uh, higher office some, Ted, someday. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yes, maybe yeah. Ted. Yeah, in fact, maybe Ted. In fact, you're right. Ted Cruz is far more likely, and and for the same reasons why I like Pence, or all the reasons why I've always liked Ted Cruz. So, I right, here. Hold on. Here is here. So is I think a, Cruz is a. I think Ted Cruz is a beta as well. So, well, there you that's go. Why so think, is, that's why I think. That's why I think. Yes. See, Tim <laughs> yeah. Scott. Tim Scott's an alpha. Too much of an alpha. All right. Yeah. So here is Joe Scarborough uh, talking about uh, uh, the the issues of uh, that are going to drive voters in the 2022 midterms norm so broken down that it's kind of the wild west out there <laughs> well, it, it seems to me that democrats have so many opportunities to show just how <laughs> how uh, out of the mainstream republicans oh are not only in a lot of their legislation on what issue uh in in protecting the richest of all americans but also what? uh in their 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 viewpoints about what america means uh, that that it is it is the nation that uh, has a statue of liberty at the head of New York Harbor, that we are a nation of immigrants, that we are a diverse nation and that our diversity is always made. Us oh, let me let me stop for a second. So 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 says the white guy talking to his white his white wife on a on a network owned by white people. I mean, but, this but is also, Jerry, hypocrisy here. We are a nation. Yes, we are a nation of immigrants. But that does not mean that we let a million people into America. No, but, but, here, but here's the thing. I love I, I, I love this nonsense. This is like uh, the uh, and again, I, 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 I don't want to be uh, personal, but the empty headed women from The View yeah. uh, saying things like Elon Musk is going to let white men have <laughs> free speech. Yes. Uh, right. They, they say these these ignorant things, stupid things, uh, political things and offer no evidence. Yes. On what issue is the Republican Party out of the mainstream? Well, then that, that's exactly it. Right. I mean, unless uh, unless, you know, it, Joe Scarborough is believing some weirdly stilted poll of MSNBC viewers. But this is why this. Yeah. So, so do you really think does Joe Scarborough really think that the Republican Party is what is the is the is the is the is the, is the Democratic Party from 1932 that we're a bunch of uh, we're a bunch of racists and. And uh, and uh, and uh, we, we we want Jim Crow. Well, I mean, what is he? What, what, I mean, on what issue? He, I think he, I listen. I think he certainly believes this. I mean, he, I think I, I think it's he gets. I mean, I I stopped sharing because I don't think. But, we need but to Andrew, go this this goes to our point. This yeah. is religion. This is not truth. Hundred percent. This is this is something he accepts on blind faith and can offer no 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 evidence. Yeah. 
No. And then he and then he sits there on a show privileged. Right. He's privileged. He's the definition of privilege. And he's talking about how working. Look, the Republican Party, there's been a major shift. Henry Olson from The Washington Post has written about this and others are 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 falling on it. And that is uh, the the. The great divorce has happened. The Republican Party was for a century the party of big business. It no longer is. The Republican Party of 2022 really is a party of immigrants, of working class Americans, of of entrepreneurs and innovators uh, and uh, and small businesses. uh, And um, that's the party. Look, every poll after poll shows us that more and more Hispanics, more and more Asians are identifying with the Republican Party. And the reason is, and the reason is because of things like the student loan repayment plan, like this mad, desperate act that the Biden administration is trying to do to try to drive young people to the polls in November of 2022, right? You know, whether it's going to be. I I have a question for you, and maybe some of our listeners have the same question. So uh, Erica and I have purposefully uh, no student loans yeah, for the most part, zero, zero yeah. loans for our da- two daughters in college. That's on purpose. Yeah. Because of that, we have no money. Yes. We literally, I live, we live and we make a good living. The Rogers family, we are blessed. God has blessed us. We make a very good living here, but we literally also live paycheck to paycheck or client check to client check because we have five children in private school because public schools can't be trusted and two children right in, in higher in, in, in college. And we have decided against student loans. So 100%. the question to you is, should I just tell Bridget, Hey, honey, go take out a hundred thousand dollars in student loans and do it, be, do it before, do it before yeah, yes. the president. Uh, makes right. this- yes. Because, because by the way, as a result of this, Listen, thank God. I think I thank God that that my kids are, are going into college now or one of them is halfway through college. The other one's about to go in um, because we know what's going to happen if this plan goes through. The cost of college is going to skyrocket. Oh, yes. Of right. Course. Because there, there is no reason to control costs if there's no if if there if nobody has to pay it back. It's just this this free money that's out there. That, that's this is this you is know, part you, of the problem. I think about you this and I. Thing. You and I already said this, but but, but, but if you want to do this, but, why not? Why not force the colleges with their multi-billion-dollar endowments yeah. to do this? Um, but you know, it, it it gets back to, you know, you ask the question. So you have a very thrifty family, you know, of of immigrants. Doesn't matter where they're from, and they've come to this country, and they and they have scrimped and they've saved to make sure that their child can be a first generation higher education student. Um, and, and, and they are going to turn around and they're going to look at this and they're going to say, and, and by the way, they own a small business, uh, a successful small business. We know that, uh, that Hispanic women are, at least they were, I don't, I'm, I think it's still the, the way it is, but at least up until the pandemic, Hispanic women were the fastest growing classification of entrepreneurs in America. They were starting more small businesses than anybody else. So you're going to tell me, that a, a an immigrant-owned small business, an immigrant entrepreneur is going to want to foot the bill for some rich kid whose family uh, didn't have to save or didn't save, well, uh, but they yes, took a massive student you're loan. You're right. Yeah. And, and and take it take the next step, and that is, what about the you truck know, driver? What about the, 100%. Uh, pl- the police officer uh, who maybe couldn't send their kids to school? 
hundred percent. Right. So now they're going to pay. They're going to have to pay back this thing. We, we, you know, this is gross. There's no, real, there's no other I, word for this. This is gross. This, yes. this, this idea of student loan forgiveness is grotesque. More, it's disgusting. More to, more to the point, you know, it, it's it's funny. Back during the early days of the Tea Party movement, um, there were a group of political scientists who were doing studies of the Tea Party movement, and um, they were they were uh, there were a couple of really good uh, nonpartisan, non-biased polling studies done of what Tea Party activists believe. And the data was released. And then you had other political scientists who took this data and they, they, they pressed it through something called the racial resentment index, which essentially uh, ascribes um, most of what the right believes about uh, uh, self-determination and about success and pulling oneself up by the bootstraps. All of those beliefs are, are considered to be uh, part of the racial resentment index. I'm using air quotes here. And, and the reality is what, what the left fails to understand is there is going to be legitimate resentment. And it's not going to be on, it's not going to be uh, white uh, middle-aged conservative men towards everybody else, but it's going to be, you know, working class immigrants who are going to be e- enormously resentful. They, they, working class you're families right. elsewhere who are going to be enormously resentful of, of the left. I'm sorry, go ahead. You, but no, no, but but what you're saying, there's already there's emerging data. Yeah. We all we know now that that uh immigrants uh from uh uh from uh Latin Hispanic communities are already moving away from the Democratic yes. Party, uh mostly over issues like transgenderism and abortion uh the the progressives have just gone you know off the face of the earth on those social issues they are they are out of the mainstream and the mainstream being defined now uh by new immigrants right 90% of all new immigrants uh to america uh if you know uh, can be defined as people of color yeah and and these new immigrants are rejecting the Democratic Party. And, and so and, you're right. And, and by what's the way, they're yeah. also, I'm sorry, they're also rejecting them on, on not just the student loan situation, uh, but on a whole host of issues. On, on, the, on the illegal immigration issue as well. Anybody yes. who's on stood crime, in, on and, illegal. And, yes, yeah. exactly right. And, and the funny thing is, too, is you know, just, just real quick, Please. I want to emphasize, emphasize this. Um, the Republican Party really has become the party of the small business, the entrepreneur. Um, and and if you look at uh, new immigrants and and and, uh, and, and the well, demographics saying. of America, uh, you 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 look at the 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 top the top wage earners in America today are Asian women. Yes, and then it goes down the line uh, uh, in terms of, of uh, myriad uh, myriad groups of people of color uh, who. Uh, who who uh, who are earning higher wages, who are starting small businesses. Uh, and that's the future. This is why Michael Barone and others who watch this really believe that the future is bright for the Republican Party. And look, I, I'm not an apologist for the Republican Party. I have lots of trouble with the Republican, Par- Republican Party. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that this idea, and this is why I think the Democrats are wrong about open borders. Uh, they think the Democrats, because they're, 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 they're steeped in racialism, they believe that that demographics is destiny. Yes, and I don't what I was about to say, I, I think yeah. ideas are destiny. And, and that's why, again, why free and speech and point, all the rest is so important. You, you blunt any any hope, like let's assume for a moment that demographics uh, would be destiny. The only way that that works is if you actually are doing things that aren't harming people in ways that they can actually feel. 
And the reality is, is that uh, folks sort of wake up and they see what's going on. Jerry, because we're talking about immigration, uh, I want to go, I, I, I want to play this clip from Jen Psaki from the other day. Um, Jen Psaki, but, of course, the spokesperson for, uh, for Joe We'll Biden. tell you this in a second, but, but what I want to do is I want to I open up our final segment. Uh, welcome to The Bottom Line. The Bottom Line. Okay, so uh, here we, we had this tragic case over the weekend. A, uh, a National Guardsman guarding the border, National Guardsman from Texas uh, guarding the border, uh, waded into the Rio Grande River to save somebody who was drowning. And the National Guardsman in, in turn died saving this person. And we now have come to find out that the, the group of people coming across and wading through, they're coming through the river, uh, they were drug dealers. Then they were bringing drugs in the United drug smugglers, I should say. They weren't drug dealers. Um, and as you can imagine, because, we, you know, let's not forget the vice president of the United States was supposed to be solving this. We have all of this discussion about the title 42 plan and the Biden administration released their, 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 their plan. This is of course the plan uh, to sort of how you're going to deal with the surge of immigrants in the post COVID world. And a lot of border States and politicians in border States, including Democrats are deeply troubled by this. Um, obviously the, the, this is something with a million immigrants having come in, in the first year of the Biden administration, illegal immigrants coming in. Uh, this is, this is clearly uh, should be of concern. So a reporter asked, uh, asked Jen Psaki, let me share the screen here. I uh, asked uh, Jen Psaki, the white house spokesperson, uh, about the death of this National Guardsman. And, and well, I'll, I'll get to this in a second. And here's what uh, Jen Psaki had to say. Bishop Evans, the 22-year-old National Guard uh, specialist who drowned trying to save two migrants. I wanted to give you an opportunity to say Yes, thank you for that, Jackie. And the news of the confirmation that his body had been uh, found um, was confirmed just a couple of hours ago. Um, I would note that, um, of course, our heart uh, goes out to his family and to his loved ones. Um, I would, it, to confirm all the specific details, he went missing uh, on Friday following his selfless efforts to rescue two migrants who appeared to be drowning uh, and who were trying to cross a river in Mexico that went to the United States, uh, went into the U.S., of course. Uh, we know that National Guard personnel, including, uh, including uh, him, risk their lives every day to serve and protect others. Uh, and again, our, our hearts go out to his family. I don't have any, in case you may ask, I don't have any updates at this moment in terms of the president's outreach, but if, uh, if that is something I can update you on this afternoon, I will let you know. Does the White House feel any responsibility for his death, given that uh, there, there's reporting that he lost his life, uh, allegedly trying to save uh, two migrants who were smuggling drugs? This is a, a problem that you know the administration has been facing for some time, and is obviously, as we've been discussing, getting some criticism on. Is does the White House feel at all responsible? And what what more can you offer to people who, you know, are on the border in border communities who are experiencing loss and, and trials like this? Well, I, I, of course, we are mourning the the loss of his life, and we are grateful for the work of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard work for the states, and so he is an employee of the Texas, Texas National Guard, and his efforts and his operation were directed by there, not by the federal government uh, in this in this effort, in this apparatus. Uh, we've, we've long stated that our immigration system is broken. There needs to be more done to invest in smarter security, to have a more effective asylum processing system, and we would welcome any efforts to, uh, for, for any elected officials to work with us on that. Jesus. I, I mean, I, I listen to that, Jerry, and I'm like, you know, uh, uh, I, I mean, hold on, let me pause that. Uh, you know, this idea of, well, 
you know, we don't feel any culpability. Um, this, he was a, he was a state employee, which, you know, again, it's the, it's the, it's the border guard. He's not really a state employee or national guard. Right. Um, um, but this idea that they're going to try to shift the blame to the state of Texas, and then they're going to say, well, we want smarter technology, which I, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Um, when the fact is we don't necessarily need smarter technology when we have very dumb technology. And by dumb, I mean, it's not advanced technology. Putting up a wall is not, is not smart technology, but it's effective. I mean, this is astounding to me. Uh, well, that, sorry, go ahead. Well, she was obviously uh, uncomfortable talking about it, how she uh, rushed through it. Uh, if you listen to her speech pattern, uh, obviously not something she was uh, comfortable talking about. And she was ill-prepared. She yes. forgot the she forgot the National Guardsman's name. Yes. Right. In, in mid-sentence, uh, uh, instead of saying the gentleman's name, she said he. Mm. In a very kind of awkward phraseology, number one. Number two, um, the Democrats have majorities in both the Senate and the House. Yeah. He's been president now for over a year. Outside of COVID, outside of COVID, which was, you know, a... a, a, a a crisis uh, that he inherited or or was you know, you know happening when he when he took office. Uh, but then, then again, you think he would uh, he knew it going in. Sure. Uh, they were they were on their heels when it came to, to COVID. But 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 worse. This crisis at the border rivals the pandemic crisis. Absolutely, and yet this administration has done nothing but advance progressively in the wrong direction. Yeah. And they have a majority in both the House and the Senate. They could do something. Uh, they have done nothing. Uh, and, and instead, what they're doing is, and these are real lives. I, look, I think our side sometimes gets a little cold when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the, um, the, the lives of, of, of yeah. these folks coming over. Um, I welcome more immigrants. A yeah. thriving country is a country where people want to go to that country. So this idea that uh, that 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 immigration is bad for America uh, is wrong. Um, immigration right. is good for America. It's always been good for America. It's our competitive advantage. What Joe Scarborough gets wrong when he says something so vapid like diversity is our strength. No, diversity is not our strength. What's our strength is the entrepreneurial spirit of immigrants who come here, regardless of their skin color or their religious practices or 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 any of that. And this is what they don't get. And we want immigrants, but immigrants themselves want to have some kind of order, some kind of this is how it's done. This is how it's done safely. Yeah. What we have now is this Wild West shootout where little kids and families are being abused and murdered and raped and trafficked. And I don't understand why, why this administration with both with majorities in both houses, why don't they come up with a compromised, comprehensive immigration package? Well, I'm more to the point, right? I mean, you want you the, the see to me that the strength is that anybody can come here and become an American. Of course, but, but if you that's but American you, exceptionalism, but you, you just said it. If you create an environment in which we no longer have a common thread as to what it means to be an American, right? We no longer yes, have a sure. common background and heritage, and so we're now debating this, and we're sort of it, it's again getting to what Joe Scarborough said that we're sort of we are going to take 
and we're going to change our way of doing things. We're going to change our system of governance uh, to fit uh, um, uh, the uh, the mores and outlooks of people who don't believe in individual rights, who don't believe in freedom of speech, freedom of the press, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then we've got the, the concept of, of entrepreneurship. Then we've got a real problem here. And well, the, the bigger yeah. problem, though, is isn't isn't the loss of entrepreneurship. The bigger problem is is really the end of what of, of the experiment of, of you know, the Classical American experiment. Yeah. Yes, of course, it's just yeah. over. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and again, this idea, you know, again, Joe Scarborough, again, um, has become a religious zealot. Yeah. Uh, anyone left or right. And this is, you know, look, Andrew, we're old enough to remember when Democrats believed uh, in things like American exceptionalism, that anyone could come here, become an American, that hard work matters, that uh, that schools should teach science and math and English and history. Uh, and we're moving away. Look, I say this all the time on my, on my radio program. America is not about blood or ethnicity or race or religion. It's about it's about accepting certain ideals to be true. The problem with the left today is that they reject those ideals. Yes. And that's really where the argument is. And it's it's funny. You look at the left today, you look at the Democratic Party today, you look at Joe Biden today, controlled by whoever's controlling him. And that is they reject free speech. Yep. Uh, they they reject the idea of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. They reject the Second Amendment, the right to self-defense. They reject religious liberty. They they reject the idea of, of the right to assemble. They reject these basic American ideas. And 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 and, that, and the question then becomes: What are we? What are we left with down the road? This is a, my my deep my deep and abiding concern. We cannot come together as a people uh, if we don't have that common frame of reference. And this gets into it's interesting because this gets into the stuff that we're talking about in terms of curriculum in schools and what libs of TikTok are doing. Uh, it gets into what we're talking about in terms of the articles of faith that the left seems to possess. Uh, but the reality is we can't solve problems. It's funny, Jerry, I've got this video. You should go, everybody should go and check it out. It's on my Twitter feed. Um, I'm not going to play it right now. It's, it looks, it, actually, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you this. Um, I, I, I Tell me that this does not look like uh, uh, Joe Biden, Jerry, at a, at a Costco here. Can you see this? Yeah, describe it to our listeners. All right, so I'm sorry. Yes, of course. So this is this is at a Costco. Uh, some guy, uh, a skinny older white gentleman wearing a baseball cap, is and a mask to, uh, is wearing a mask is talking to a Costco employee and holding up. I don't know what it is. I thought initially that he was holding up a cell phone to record the Costco employee. Looks like pepper spray, but it is pepper spray. And oh, it is okay. And he's very angry that the Costco employee is not wearing a mask. And and I but but as you look at this, Jerry, doesn't this guy look like Joe Biden from the very does? It's very very strange. So I made that I made that communist. But here's the thing too. Again, here here's a person in a Costco wearing a, a by the way a cloth mask. Yes, and he's threatening someone with pepper spray. This is this is this is how dumb the yeah. Democrats have made our public debate. Cloth masks don't stop the spread of COVID. Yes. And so that guy threatening the maskless person is based upon the wrong information that the public health experts, the Anthony Fauci's, by the way, we haven't talked about Anthony Fauci and how how dangerous he's become. Yes. Anthony Fauci actually said that we should I mean, I'm paraphrasing and, 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 and what he said, this was the meaning of it. And that is uh, we should ignore the law. 
And yeah. whatever public health officials want, we should do because public health officials know the science. But the law be damned. Yes. This is insane. No, and it is. Andrew, think about every listen. culture where where medicine have, has become politicized. Look at look at again Maoist China. Uh, uh, look at China today with the Shanghai shutdown. If you politicize medicine, you can do listen, whatever you want to your people. All I know is all I know is that that this is what the so how the Soviet Union controlled one of the ways the Soviet Union controlled its populace by making psychiatry, right? And if we believe that psychiatry and psychiatry is a branch of medicine, if if you can make disagreement with the, 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 the Marxist-Leninist enterprise uh, a, a psychological disorder, uh, then you can get about to, to control the population. It's um, interesting, you know, that, that, was the, that was the left's big argument early on, right? In the yeah. Trump administration, they wanted to invoke the 25th Amendment because obviously to them, Donald Trump was was mentally incapacitated yes. because Donald Trump uh, didn't believe in their trade policies, didn't believe uh, in their tax policies, didn't believe uh, in, 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 in a host of things that the government, the establishment, the deep state believed in. And so what do they do? They tried to label him as crazy. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, it was the wheel of Trump. Right. Every every week it was it was something it was something different um, before we go. I would be remiss if we didn't, because I, I, you know, I know you wanted to talk about this on the air yesterday, but you, you weren't on the air yesterday. What happened? I, tell me. Uh, uh, Larry Hogan on the phone oh, this... with the mayor of Odessa. So, yeah. All right. So I'm sorry. For <laughs> I those wish I had you... a picture of it. For those of you, let me, find, let, me find the, let me see if I can find the headline. You start talking about for, it. For, for, for those of you who are who are not in the uh, Maryland, D.C. area, uh, you know, y- whoever your governor is, even if it's Murphy up in Jersey, your governor is better than our governor than than Maryland. Maryland. Jo- uh, Larry Hogan is the most grating politician in America today. Uh, he is my goodness. Uh, there used to be a joke about Chuck Schumer that if you got in the way of a camera and Chuck Schumer, he'd run you over. Larry Hogan uh, hasn't met a Sunday show or a national program that he is, uh, you know, he, that he won't go on and tear apart uh, his uh, fellow Republicans. He, he tries to be this mainstreamer. In, re- in reality, he's narcissistic. He's about himself. Uh, yesterday, he uh, tweeted out uh, or and Facebooked out uh, the uh, go get your go get boosted. You know, go get boosted. And it's all about getting boosted in the vaccine and the vaccine. Uh, and and by the way, uh, Kamala Harris, our vice president, has covid a month after she got her second booster shot. Oh, yeah. We the, didn't even talk the, about that. So the, the so the point is, is that Larry Hogan should get the heck out of medicine. Let doctors and patients decide on vaccines and boosters. Number one, number two, same day. Uh, he, he's in this what looks like the situation room. He's well, sitting at this. He's sitting at this long table. I, 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 I've pulled. I've pulled it up here. I pulled right. up the picture. So yeah. Sorry, the, so he, they're in the the, the, the governor's situation. It's a conference room. room. It's a conference room. But but one two three four five. You know six seven. What twelve? One two three four five six seven eight nine ten yeah. twelve twelve chairs. Right. He's sitting there at the top of the table. Uh, there's there's apparatus on the table for phone calls. He is with two aides. He has two flags behind him. Yeah. Uh, and and he's uh, and, and he's having a conversation uh, with the mayor of Odessa. Yeah, the what? one on the, the, the I'll tell you, whoever the staffer is on the right, she looks really happy to be there. But the point <laughs> is, is that, you know, this is a guy who so desperately wants to be in the media to be talked about that he's leveraging the war in Ukraine. 
to have yeah. this ridiculous shot between himself and the, ma- the mayor of Odessa. I yes. mean, it's again, it's not about you, Larry Hogan. It's about the people of Ukraine who are being uh, who are being point, brutalized. What what here's the thing, right? Substance matters. Politicians Larry Hogan, suck. remember, remember that <laughs> remember that Larry Hogan was supposed to be right. We we talked about this. It's the same thing with the Biden administration, right? We we were electing, we were supposed to be electing substantive uh um adult people, experienced people, and that America was going to benefit from this experience in a way that we didn't benefit from the years of chaos and inexperience of the Donald Trump presidency, which Larry Hogan criticized uh just about every day of. So the question then becomes, what good is this calm? You look at this picture, and I've, I've stopped showing them, but for those of you who didn't see it, you have Larry Hogan sitting in his conference room talking to the mayor of Odessa, who's sitting at a conference table, and the mayor of Odessa is wearing fatigues. The mayor of Odessa has legitimate <laughs> problems that he is dealing with, right? A legitimate threat that he is dealing with. How is Larry Hogan's conversation with the mayor of Odessa supposed to benefit anybody other than the, the Larry the, Hogan? Oh, Larry Hogan. Right, right. So I, I, I you know, it, it is, it, it's, it's, it's great it's and nice. It's, 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 it's not great and nice. It's uh, let the go, let the man go fight the war he's in. Yes. And Larry Hogan, go and 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 govern the state. Make your exit. You, you grating, narcissistic. Um, but, uh, uh, but, I, I, Jerry. But yes. If Larry Hogan became a Republican vote in the Senate, wouldn't that be okay? No, okay. Larry Hogan. I would. I will never cast a vote for Larry Hogan ever again. I. I. I you know. I. I'd pull a Larry Hogan and vote for Ronald Reagan. Um, but, or, but, or Larry but, Hogan's father. Just Larry Hogan is yeah. the is is he's the worst. I mean, I know that there are politicians with whom we disagree. Uh, 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 you know, Adam Schiff and uh, and Gavin Newsom, and and they're bad uh, for 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 lots of different reasons. But Hogan is the is really the worst because he tries to play the good guy, like he's the swarmy, uh, grading, uh, you know. Well, right. Uh, I mean, he ran as poser. a political. He ran as a political outsider who was going to bring his business experience into into Maryland. He he won, um, but because he wanted to get reelected, he did virtually nothing to sort of. Uh, uh, advance a a different agenda or something that challenged the Democrats in his first term. Uh, then you get into his t- second term. He lost and, seats in both the yeah. House and the Senate. And and as I as I said right? to you yesterday on the phone, did he? I you don't even know. But but my point is that is that you know he he was hoping uh, that he was going to get some kind of bang for the buck in terms of how his he and his state handled the COVID nineteen crisis. But he sees a that page turning and the more distance we get from the and also COVID-19 he, crisis we he didn't even handle the covid crisis well, that's well. my point is it is that is that people will see it you remember the, the the test the test kits, test kits Korea, absolutely 100 right we still millions don't know what the, dollars, we still don't know what the hell happened there millions uh, of dollars no trans another thing too is and maybe this is true in other states my, listen jerry my i will say my favorite aspect of the story is renting out ice skating rinks to serve as temporary morgues that was that that that's that's that really is my favorite action by yeah. by the governor here but go ahead now, I just again, I look, God bless him. I'm glad that he's that he's healthy, that his cancer remission and he's healed from cancer. I don't hold any personal animus, but as a politician, he's like the 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 nails on the chalkboard. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a there's a poser uh, quality, a grading 
uh, uh, quality. I, I hope, I wish, I pray that he retires from politics and he go and he runs his real estate empire and leaves the rest of us alone. Well, listen, we, we know, we know that Larry, at least we strongly suspect that Larry Hogan is going to run in 2024. And I got to tell you, I am, I am excited to watch this because I think it'll go about as far as Martin O'Malley did, which is fascinating. Hey, uh, before I let you go, Jerry, before we end this thing, uh, Tucker Carlson, there's, they're making rumblings. Tucker Carlson's going to speak at some political event in Iowa. That's kind of interesting. No, um, I hope not. No, he's is Tucker Carlson going to pull like an Evan McMullen and run for? Oh, office? I don't think he's going to run for president. I think he's. So just, what's he doing? Sort of. Well, I think he's making. I think he's 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 wanting to get the left spun up about this, and the leftist press spun up about this. Um, but I don't think he's he's seriously considering running for for president. Why would he? Give, why would he give up his show? I mean, why would he? Why would he do that? Um, yeah, unlike yeah. unlike other politicos I know who've gone into media who still have the the urge to run for office in their blood i don't think tucker carlson's ever had that that urge before uh one more one more thing i'm going to share real quick i'm going to commend you all i wrote a couple of essays uh for constituting america uh one that was published on friday another one that was published on monday uh basically both having to do with uh the relationship between uh the the governments of classical antiquity uh, specifically ancient Greece and ancient Rome, how they informed the founding fathers, uh, both in terms of the general view of governance and in terms of the constitution uh, as well. Uh, Jerry, are, when are you doing uh, Squared Off? Uh, uh, I'm doing Squared Off on the 29th of April. Okay, it's funny, so you know, um, one of our listeners, uh, Eddie, uh, I was talking to him this week and he, and, and he said something to me that fits in with what you just what you just talked about in terms of your essay and that is the greeks yeah he's like he's like jerry the greeks they did it all they did it all <laughs> yes they true. did it yes, is absolutely did. true these are these are these are good essays out there so go and uh, go and, and check those out follow me on twitter at andrew underscore langer follow jerry at jerry rogers show uh, and of course please leave your reviews let folks know if you're enjoying uh andrew and jerry save the world um, uh, we, we very much, uh, appreciate I tell you what, that. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. So <laughs> I have 513, um, 513 followers on Twitter. If I can get a hundred, if I can get the 613, whoever is the 613th will have as a guest on the show. There you go. All right. <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. I can, I can see, I can see a couple of our, I can see a couple of our listeners, Jerry, yeah. Uh, unfollowing you and then just waiting for the right moment. That's <laughs> just, just so they just, well, so they frankly, how would I even know though? I couldn't even tell that. You, you'll know it'll, it'll pop up and it'll say, and it'll, it'll get there. And it, All it, right. It'll happen. Um, so, uh, you, do you have any idea what you're talking to? What you, you have any idea who's going to be on, We're gonna, on uh, Sunday? Uh, 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 I do. Uh, uh, I think Sheila Dixon is going to be on with uh, you. No, no, not on Sunday on, on, the, on the squared off on Friday. Oh, squared off. And we're, uh, we're going to be talking about Elon Musk, talking about um, uh, Baltimore crime and all the rest of it on Sunday. Look, uh, I am I'm just I, I don't I don't understand. We have all the solutions in front of us, Andrew. We could fix a lot of the problems that we are uh, that we're facing, but for politicians. Here, here. And so on Sunday, uh, we're going to we're going to go after the politicians on Sunday. On, I want to uh, good. I want to uh, I want to wish a, a grand uh, break a leg to uh, my younger daughter, uh, Abby, who Yay. opens up in uh, Beauty and the Beast as Belle uh, this week. Uh, Very cool. Jerry, I know you want uh, people to find the truth. Find the truth. 
plant your feet and stand firm. Have a, a great week, everybody. Have fun and stay safe.